Good morning, Pennington AG. I am Marcus Jackson, and I pastor Radiant Church in Piscataway, New Jersey. And I'm so grateful to be able to share with you a message in Acts chapter 2. We're going to continue the series that Pastor Brian has begun in Acts chapter 1. And if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that just yet, please make sure you go back and you watch that video. It is extremely foundational and it is going to help set the tone for where we're going today. But I am, I am blessed. I am, I am happy to be here uh, with you today to be able to share this message uh, that Pastor Brian has entrusted me to share with you. So listen, let's look to the Lord um, and pray because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But let's look to the Lord for guidance as we ask him to open our hearts. God, in this moment, we look to you, our Father and our God. We need a Savior. And so today we ask that you would hear our hearts cry. Father, not necessarily our mouth, but Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would look deep into our hearts and that you would hear our hearts, the things that we haven't told others about, the things that we have buried so deep within us. Hear our hearts. We need you, our Savior and our Lord. And so we look to you today, our God. Speak to us. Father, let this not be a Sunday like no other, none other, but Lord, let it be a moment that we are, we are entrusting our hearts to you completely uh, again this moment. We surrender to you. Father, speak to us. Remove every distraction from around us. Help us to minimize the noise and elevate your voice in our hearts and lives today. And for this, we say thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, today is uh, Independence Day, and for some of you, uh, Independence Day, uh, you grew up like me. Uh, Independence Day wasn't a day of remembrance or commemoration, but it was a day that you got to celebrate with family and with friends, and you got to cook out, and you got to play music, and you got to hang out. And, uh, and so I want to take this moment here to pause and say thank you to everyone who has ever served in the United States Armed Services in any branch of military, we uh, tip our hats to you because we cannot celebrate Independence Day without people like you that have served and given their lives uh, so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have today. But I realize today, I realize today more than anything else, as we commemorate this Independence Day, that we as a culture, uh, in order to be independent, uh, you have to separate from something. You have to, uh, independence does not require uh, uh, togetherness, but you have to separate. And in that separation, um, I acknowledge and we acknowledge today there was much blood loss uh, as the United States became an independent nation. And over the last few weeks, last few months, over the, the months, uh, uh, last few years even, uh, not last few years, the, the, the pandemic, the, the year that we spent, it felt like, it feels like we've been in this pandemic for years. But over the last few months and year that we've been in the pandemic, we have learned independence on a whole nother level. And so I want to share with you today uh, here in Acts chapter two, that uh, that God has called us to an interdependence rather than an independent, uh, not an independent way of thinking, but an interdependent way of thinking. In Acts chapter two, we're going to walk through and there's a few, quite a few themes that that are in this chapter that we're going to walk through. And I have maybe about 20 minutes and I want to walk through the six themes that I believe that if you if you would see the silver lining 
in it, you will see the interdependence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives to be who God has called us to be, who God has created us to be. And without that, we will, we, there will be a hole, there will be something missing, if that, if that makes sense. Listen, uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, before I even read it, actually begins in Acts chapter 1. See, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus tells his disciples, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He tells them that there you should be anticipating something great. Because what you got before, you're going to get something else. Now, we can jump over to verse 8, and it says this, uh, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, until the ends of the earth. And so let's, let's just paint the picture real quick. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 is the, the people... Uh, as, as the disciples and, and a few other people are waiting for this anticipated gift that Jesus tells them about in Acts chapter 1. And so Acts chapter 2 picks up on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues a fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Understand this. This is the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, if we can break that down a little bit. Uh, on the day of Pentecost is the way the way they celebrate Pentecost in the book of Acts is the same way we celebrate Christmas in, in, in today's current culture. But the caveat is this. Christmas in our culture and in today's culture is more about the gifts that we receive. But the day of Pentecost and the festival of Pentecost was about how can I say thank you to God for the gifts that he has blessed me with. See, many people uh, will come from far and near to give a portion of everything of their increase back to God as a thank you for the many blessings that he has blessed them with. And it was a celebration that was seven days long and they would celebrate together. So here, so here in Acts chapter 2, uh, uh, while the celebration as the festival is going on, the people that the Lord told to expect the gift have gone together, have, have huddled together, and they're waiting for a gift. They have a, a, a heart of expectation. They're waiting for God to meet them. Now, listen, let's, let's pause right there. So often we go to church or so often we'll listen to a message without a heart or a, a heart or even an ear, a mind of expectation. And we'll pray not expecting God to do anything. We'll pray wanting God to do something, but not expecting God to do something. And I understand when you're expecting something, there's just there's just a, there's there's just a, a joy that you may have that um, that others may not understand. You see, Christmas time and and you've been asking you've been asking God for something and or you've been asking a spouse for something or, or family for something. And, you know, that's what you're going to get. You're just anticipating getting it. What happens when we show up to church on Sunday mornings expecting God to meet us? 
What happens when we show up for a Bible study or, 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 or we show up or, or we just expect God to hear our prayers and answer it? What happens when we stop praying in vain and pray with a spirit and with a heart of expectation, knowing that God hears us and wants to meet us right where we are? See, the disciples and the others that were with them, they understood the promise of God. And they understood that the power that God would give them isn't so that they would be elevated, but so that God, his, the message of the kingdom would be expanded. I want you to think about this real quick. Jesus gave them a promise and he said, I'm going to give you a gift. And he said that gift is actually a power. And that power is going to give you the ability to tell people about me. Now, if this is us, if this is you and me in today's culture and, and we were going to get a superpower, our superpower wouldn't, many of us wouldn't say, God, I want the power to tell people about you. See, if we had the opportunity to pick a superpower, we'd probably want to be able to fly because, you know, flights are starting to go up again. Or we'd want to be invisible or we'd want to be able to go back in time and we want to be able to do something that would benefit us. But Jesus tells them that I'm going to give you a power that is going to benefit the kingdom of God. That's going to, you're going to have a power to be able to tell people in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts about me. You'll be able to tell people in Pennington and in New, in New Jersey and in, in Somerset and in Piscataway and in the United States and, and to the corners of the earth about Jesus. That's the power that these people are anticipating. What happens when we start wanting the things of God more than we want the things that we want? What happens when we allow God to begin to mold our hearts into the things and into the fashion, into the way that he would, that he's designed for us? Now, just because you got a gift that you want, it doesn't mean the people around you are excited about what's happening in you. Just because you got a promotion doesn't mean the person sitting in the cubicle next to you is excited about your promotion. And we can see that here in the scriptures here in verse verse seven. Uh, the people around that heard what was happening in this upper room, they weren't necessarily excited about what was happening there. In verse seven, it picks up. Uh, it says that the people there, they were completely amazed. How can this be? Uh, these people who are up there in that room, they are all from Galilee. Yet we hear them speaking in our in our own native languages and they started to hear their languages these tongues were were languages of and they couldn't explain how this happened and so it jumps down in in verse in verse number 12 it says this they stood there amazed and perplexed what can this mean they asked each other now just imagine with me that this was an emoji because we all tend to speak in emojis and gifts now right and so just imagine how this would look they were amazed they they were amazed hopefully that looked like an amazed face and they were perplexed i think i just gave you the same two faces but just just kind of walk with me if, if they were amazed and perplexed they were they were shocked to see what was happening what was happening and they were confused at the same time and 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 so the result or, or this is what some had, had had boiled down to in verse 13 it says others in the crowds that ridiculed them saying that they're they're just drunk they're 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 just drunk but peter um but peter if you read throughout the gospels peter doesn't 
he doesn't preach many sermons in, in the Gospels. He's, he's often the one asking questions and wanting Jesus to kind of give him more clarity. But in this moment, Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter stands up and says, hey, we're not drunk. We're not, we're not under the influence of anything, uh, anything that we shouldn't be under. Listen, he, he, he says that there's a transformative work that is happening in us, and he begins to explain it in a way that they'll understand. You see, he goes back to uh, what the prophet Joel says in, in verse 16, because the people there would understand what the Old Testament writings was saying. And prophet Joel said in verse 17, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit on even my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and, in the, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Verse 21, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter takes this time and he, he dives into the Old Testament and he, he reminds them of the words of the prophet Joel. And he says, listen, this is the very thing that the prophet had been predicting. And he said what happened and it's happening now. And he ends in verse 21. This is not just for us, but it's for you too. This is not just for us here, but I want to share in this moment that this is for you too. You see, there's an, there's an interdependency that is happening now in this relationship as Peter is now sharing his faith with people who were just laughing at him and people that were talking about him. You see, when we come to faith in God, we don't have the right to choose who gets to hear the gospel of Jesus. We don't have the right to choose who, who our churches are open to or, or, or if someone is disqualified because of a lifestyle that they've lived or is currently living. Peter, uh, he stands in there, he says, but anyone, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He takes this moment to look those in the eyes that were laughing and didn't understand what God was doing in him to share hope. The Bible goes on and Paul, Peter begins to continue this message of hope and he's preaching the gospel and he goes back to the Old Testament. He, he begins and understand how culturally relevant he is. He goes back and he preaches a message that they, that they would understand as he quotes the Old Testament scripture to them because they, un, they need to understand what King David said because they, they knew and they, they've read this before. And, and the Bible says in verse 37 that he, the words of Peter... Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by our Lord. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. This is a, a preacher tip. Listen, um, I love that part of the scripture where it says that Peter preached for a long time because um, I can preach for a long time. And, it's, and, and 
I just just love to do it. But Peter, Peter takes this moment right here and he has a captive audience and they're listening and soaking up the gospel. Peter takes his time and he doesn't preach his opinion. He doesn't preach his politics. He preaches the gospel. He goes back and he says, you have to call on the name of the Lord to receive salvation. He says, you have to repent of your sins. In today's culture, uh, repenting of sins is not a, a popular term because we have to be culturally relevant or culturally, uh, or, or, or the word I'm looking for is uh, culturally correct. And it's hard to call sin a sin in our culture today. But Peter says, this is, this is what God has called us to. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, I am standing on an authority that God has given me. And there's some things that, uh, that, that we have to turn away from. And here is, here's our culture and here's what the church kind of looks like today. Our turn from sin is not necessarily a turn to God, but it's a, it's a uh, I'll stop this because, God, I feel your presence in this service today. But on Tuesday, God, I don't feel your presence. Then uh, I go back to what I know and what I'm comfortable with. God, I, 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 uh, who I am depends on how I feel in the moment. And if I feel like you're far away, then, God, you might just be too far away. And so I want to be in control of me and what I want to do. See, the Apostle Paul, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Peter says, tells us in this moment, he tells these men, he tells everyone listening that there has to be a turning, a turning to God. When you turn to God, you have to turn away from something. A turn to God requires a turn away from something else. A yes to God equals a no to something else. And so as we, as Peter is, 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 is challenging them, the Bible says that these words, the gospel message that Peter is relying on is piercing their hearts. The last verse in this section, verse 41, says those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. Just imagine if this church added 3,000 members because you were excited about what God was doing in you. Because you not only listened to a message, you not only came to church, but you, or you not only listened to this message, or not just this message, but listened to the message of the gospel, was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and went out under that authority. See, so often we confuse the context of the church and we believe that it's the pastor's job and the job of the leaders to push and propel the church forward. And to some extent, that is accurate. But to other extents, here's the reality that God called us together, the interdependency of each other to build the church, to build his church on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sorry if, if, if this message isn't hitting what, 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 what you thought you were going to get today, but Acts chapter 2 goes back to the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the continued work of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus continued. Jesus didn't come and die so that we can have church, but he came so that we can be the church and so that the church of God would be expanded. And so if, if we would be just content with going to church, we cannot operate in the same power that the Lord has ordained and has 
purpose for us to have. In the last few minutes of our time together, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, Jesus, uh, Paul, sorry, I'm giving you all types of names here. Peter, he lays out the foundation of the church. He defines the church, the, what the local church looks like, and he, and, and he begins to walk, walk it through it. And if, if you'll bear with me, it says this, all the believers... All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day in homes and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all, all the while praising God and joining the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. What happens when we start to live and be the church that God has called us to be and live by the model here in Acts chapter 2. You see, the, the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's discipleship. They wanted more. They wanted that's being educated by the word of God. They, they, they wanted the presence of God not only, um, not only in their lives, but they wanted it to be evident in the people around them. So they committed themselves to being educated, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They not only committed to being educated, but they committed to assimilating God's family and sharing meals together. Now, I know we're just coming out of a pandemic, and I know it, it's that sharing meals and potlucks, is that still might be considered taboo. But how about we go back to the way the Lord designed the church, and we begin to share meals. Instead of inviting people just to church, how about we invite them to our homes, invite them to a movie, invite them out, invite them into fellowship together, interdependency. We need each other as verse 43 as a deep sense of awe came over them many mir miraculous signs were, were it, it just happened many uh, they felt they, they've experienced many wonders and all the believers together they met in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and shared their money with those in need listen they began to minister to each other see ministry is merely demonstrating the love of Jesus See, for those that are on the worship team and those that serve in guest experience and those that serve in different areas of the church, your job is to, is to demonstrate the love of Jesus to everyone. And that's why it's important to serve, to serve the local church because you now have, uh, uh, you now have the, the right to show people who Jesus is in the local church body. Verse 46, and they worship together in the temple. Each day, they celebrated the temple of God. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They remembered that Christ came and died for us. I want you to kind of take the totality of these scriptures together. 
And I want you to see the silver lining, the theme laid out throughout the, entire, the, and the entirety of Acts chapter 2. That the Lord, that the ministry of Jesus did not end on the cross, but it transcended the cross and into the local church. The ministry of Jesus is a continuation, not by the pastors and not just by Peter and the other apostles, but by everyone that devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The Bible says in verse 41 that over 3,000 were added that day. 3,000, come on. I want, I want you guys to kind of understand this is, this is God math. We started, at, we started at 12 apostles, and then we had 120 in the upper room, and 3,000, the Bible says 3,000 men gave their hearts to Christ. And if you walk throughout the scriptures, thousands and thousands and thousands gave their heart to Christ because of what's happening here in the book of Acts. People began to expect the power of the Holy Spirit to not only fill their lives, but to saturate them. You see, in times like these that we're living in, it's easy to be independent and want your life to be under some type of control or some type of order. And we tend to, we tend to, we tend to pull away when things aren't happening the way we expect them to. And we tend to, we, we hear a message that we didn't expect and it, maybe it challenged us too much or maybe it didn't challenge us enough and we begin to pull away and, and we begin the independent walk with Christ. And I want you to understand here throughout the book of Acts, you're not meant to walk with Christ by yourself. The, you weren't designed to walk with Christ independently, but interdependently with the power of the Holy Spirit and the community of brethren and, uh, that, that is around you. We are to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, worship together, share the love of Jesus, celebrate what God is doing, and so that others may know who Jesus is. Growing up, there was a toy that I absolutely hated. And uh, I have a picture for you right here. And this is simply called a, a Chinese finger trap. And the finger trap is, uh, I suffer with, um, uh, and the Lord is healing me, but I suffered growing up a long time with uh, claustrophobia. And so tight spaces really, really bothered me. And so uh, the finger trap is, 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 is just a, a simple toy uh, that, that, that we have that if you put your finger in it, uh, as you pull apart, your finger your fingers would be stuck. It'd be trapped in there. And I, as I was studying and preparing to uh, share with you today, I realized that in our independent nature and in in the way we, we operate in our Christian walk today, that we, when things don't go the way we intend, although we, have, we may have signed up or we may have, we, we may have joined together in a group, or it, when things start to act or, or, or they start to, life starts to go in a direction we don't, we, di we didn't anticipate, we'll start to pull away. But much like the finger trap, we're, we're stuck and we're not experiencing the joy and the freedom that we are meant to have. See, what's so interesting about the finger trap is that, uh, that the way you release your fingers is to press in. 
The way you, the, the way to find freedom is to press in. And so can I challenge you today for that heart today that is, that have been, that have found themselves pulling away or, or didn't have the answers or don't know which way to go. Can I challenge you to begin to press in? Because there's a gift. There's a gift waiting for you. And I know how many of you like free things. This is a free gift of salvation. This is a free gift of power that is designed and purpose, not just for you, but for generation and for generation and for people far and wide. Because of God's, his love for us. See, I can I challenge you to remember that this is, uh, a walk with Christ is more than about a Sunday morning, but it's, a, it's about the relationship of pressing in, especially when things get hard. Can I challenge you to press in when you don't have, when you don't have the answer, you don't have an escape? Can I challenge you to press in because there's freedom in Jesus' name. There's, there's liberty in Jesus. There's, there's joy in Jesus, but you can't find it independently, but you find it interdependently as you begin to press in and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and you rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're here as one to hold each other together as one body, as one family. For the heart today, can I challenge you uh, uh, that this is all brand new and this doesn't quite make as much sense. But as, as a few verses that this, this message today has pierced your heart to a degree and you're, you're asking the same, same questions what, what must I do? What can I do? Can I give you the same, same words that Peter said to the people standing there? Repent. Repent. And, and that sounds like a very churchy word, a very biblical word. But can, let's, let's flip it. Uh, repent means to turn away from the things that you want and say yes to the Lord. Can I challenge you to say yes to God? Because all the times that you've pulled away, you found yourself in a worse situation. Every time you pulled away, you found that the trap just got tighter and tighter and you couldn't find your way out. Can I, I just want to let you know that the way out of your trap is to press in. It's to allow God to fill your heart with love and joy and peace. And it's, it's a free gift that costs Jesus everything. And so if you're here today, uh, you're not here with me, but as, I, as you stream this today, can I challenge you that this is, there, there's more. There's more. The Bible says that Acts, in Acts, the, the last few verses, Acts 41, chapter 2, verse 41, over 3,000 men said yes. That didn't include the number for women and children. But it all began because Peter stood up under the authority of God and began to proclaim a message of hope. There are people in your lives around you today that just need hope. You have the answer they need. There are people that are in your lives, there's family, there's friends, there's neighbors that need hope. All you have to do is receive the free gift, the free power, the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witness in your local community, in your home, 
in your state, in your country, in the world today. I want to pray and close our time together. But if you're here and this is, if you're listening to this and this is a message that has challenged you and you don't have a relationship with God, can I, can I help introduce you to him? Can, can I help walk you through this? And it, it starts by a simple prayer that says this. If you would, if you would repeat it after me, Lord, I, <laughs> I'm not enough. God, I, I, I need your help. And I've struggled through the traps of life for far too long. And I want to be free. I've struggled through many parts of my life and I'm not even going to go into detail, but God, I need something new. I need something different. Come into my heart. Forgive me and make me whole. God, I want to turn away from my sins now and I want to turn to you. Help me to do that every day. In Jesus' name. The Bible says if you pray to prayer, anything like that, as far as the east is from the west, he's taken your sins and thrown it to the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Now, let's get back to the church. Let's get back to the church the way God designed it. If you're here, can I, can I challenge you? If, you're, if, if, if this message has challenged you in any way, can I challenge you to step away from our modern Christianity and devote yourself to the apostles' teaching? Devote yourself to fellowship. Devote yourself to communicating and demonstrating God's love. Devote yourself to worship. Because as the Lord changes our hearts, as we are dependent on him, the world around us, even our worlds, will start to see a savior through us. So as I pray and close our time together, Lord, we ask for your, your grace. Your word says that your grace is sufficient for us, that even in our weakness, you're strong. Father, remind us day by day, you're still, as we, as we remember, Lord, you're still the Alpha and you're still the Omega. God, we need you. And so, Lord, I pray in this moment that you would forgive us, that you'd forgive us from the life that we live. And I pray that now, Lord, we would step into a season of devotion to you. Father, that we would continue the work. The continued work of Jesus would, would live in us, live through us. Father, as you have established the church, Father, help us to be the church you've called us to be. Father, we are praying and asking for your power to reign in us. We need you, Jesus, and so we look to you today. Guide us and lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Pennington, again, thanks for having, having me and thanks for sitting throughout this message. And I pray you've been challenged. And, and Pastor Brian, you're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. 
we are here for you in, in Piscataway uh, as we know that you're here for us in Pennington. So we're praying for you. God bless you, and I hope to see you all very soon.